0: This is The Tribe Podcast with your hosts, Ben Bolden, Anthony Rodolikos, and Joel Strahan. We have a simple message, act like men. <laughs> welcome to The Tribe. Welcome, folks. This is Anthony Rodolikos. I welcome you to uh, another uh, Tribe Podcast. This one is going to be another short one. It's our second short one following Ben's uh, uh, discussion uh, earlier uh, on the importance of quality training and being prepared, which I urge you to uh, go listen to if you haven't already. Today, I'm going to be offering something uh, quite different, 180 degrees different, as a matter of fact, uh, in in terms of the content. However, the purpose is the same, Uh, being prepared. Uh, That's what I want to convey to you by uh, discussing today the so-called buffered self and the return of the gnostics. Uh, so, why did I decide to uh, discuss about these topics today? And we will go into the details in a second. Let me read you first uh, what prompted me to, uh, to go down this rabbit path. The other day I was uh, reading an article and I ran into the following that has to do with uh, somebody who uh, was euthanized uh, in the Netherlands. And here is what I'm quoting from the press article that I was reading. In August 2018, a 29-year-old woman received help from the Dutch government to kill herself. As BBC reported, Aurelia Browers was given poison to drink by a doctor from which she soon died because she had self-described mental health issues. She was quoted as saying, I'm 29 years old and I've chosen to be voluntarily euthanized. I've chosen this because I have a lot of mental health issues. I suffer unbearably and hopelessly. Every breath I take is torture, the woman stated. So that's Aurelia. Now let me read you from uh, something that I'm sure those who are Christians are already very, very aware and familiar with. It's something that uh, Paul wrote to the Galatians, and I'm reading from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now this is a man to whom God has revealed himself and Paul is radiating with the glory of God and without having been consumed by the divine, Paul is a new man, is a better version of himself. Now, is that against uh, the woman who decided to euthanize because she was overwhelmed with despair and mental health issues. So what I wanted to discuss today uh, is what kind of a culture would lead a young person to kill herself, assisted suicide? What kind of social and intellectual trends would lead us to accept as a society that something like that is normal and we should applaud and encourage, and the government should support? How did we get there? Um, Unless we understand exactly where we are as a society and a culture, we will never be able to, uh, to offer solutions uh, in the public domain, in the public square as Christians. So I titled the podcast, The Buffered Self and A Return uh, to the Gnostics. And let me just first go back and offer uh, some idea as to what the buffered self is. It's a term that was coined by a Canadian philosopher, uh, Charles Taylor. It's basically uh, a culture of self-invention. Uh, it's the idea that our self, our inner self, is untethered uh, from anything transcendent, anything divine, anything that is making a reference to anything objective outside of our self and our will. And. For those who are not familiar with, um, this is nothing but a rehashing of the most ancient of all heresies, Gnosticism. Uh, If you read the letters of John in the New Testament, he's making references to that heresy. And that particular heresy has been uh, uh, in the church for 2,000 years. For 2,000 years, the church has been attacked by various mutations of the Gnostic heresy. But what is Gnosticism? It's basically the idea uh, that by inner reflection, you can achieve some special knowledge that will get you closer to the divine. Outside of revelation, outside of God's grace, uh, you can basically, again, uh, self-referentially look inside you. Uh, It comes from, almost a platonic idea that the mind uh, is trapped inside your body. So if your mind can overcome and manipulate your body into something new, then you have something uh, new to offer to the world as far as yourself is concerned. That goes against every uh, fundamental Uh, understanding of the body and the soul that Christianity offers. Uh, For those who are more philosophically inclined, I urge you to go back to Thomas Aquinas' writings about the unity, the unified whole of the body and the mind. Uh, As a matter of fact, Paul, in his epistles, talks about that quite a bit. Uh, And it's clearly fundamental, as far as I'm concerned, for us, as modern society to understand that one of the reasons why we have this bifurcation right now in the way uh, we present ourselves to the world uh, has to do with that idea of self-referentialism, the buffered self, that we can look only to ourselves to find meaning, truth. You hear people talking about my truth versus your truth. Who are you uh, to criticize and pass judgment on how I identify all these things are not accidents. They're historical and cultural and intellectual trends that have been happening for hundreds of years. And recently, uh, they have been radicalized uh, via various influences from uh, philosophy and academia that traces itself all the way back to the post-World War II intellectual trends in France and Germany. Critical theory, postmodernism, deconstructionists, uh, names like Derrida, Foucault, Marcuse, uh, Adorno, others, radicals uh, that premise and trace themselves all the way back to the 17th century philosophers to basically uh, overturn uh, the unified system that Christianity had offered, the unified whole uh, of man as a whole of body and soul. So here we are with our will, our self overcoming reality and tethering ourselves from anything objective, uh, and therefore now we can uh, define uh, reality. However, and freedom, and this is the next uh, link in this process, We're, we wanna be free. However, the definition of freedom has changed a lot. In the classical world, in the biblical worldview, we have a sense of freedom where we order our desires so that we can master and enjoy our freedom. True freedom is found in ordering our desires, disciplining our desires so that we can achieve the good without effort. For example, if you're trying to learn a new language, if you're trying to play uh, a musical instrument, if you try to play the piano or learn a language, you have to learn the rules. In the beginning, it's very hard, it's very tough. Grammar, syntax, uh, different notes, different uh, uh, ways of understanding how you can play the piano. Another great example is learning how to play golf. There are certain rules in how to play golf or basketball or any other sport. Learning the sport is very hard, but once you've mastered that, then you're free to uh, to play the game. You're free to speak a language uh, that you were not born with. So freedom is again, ordering your desires. That was the biblical and the classical, as a matter of fact, uh, way of understanding. However, today we are facing something entirely different. For us, freedom today, for the postmodern man, uh, is that we can invent our own values. So we're facing basically an existential dilemma that has led to what I call nihilism, where everything uh, goes. For example, the idea that you can take your own life uh, is the direct outcome of the belief that you can determine your own freedom, uh, whereas, from a Christian perspective, from a classical perspective, freedom is the attainment of the good. It's not your self-determination, but good as, as defined by something objective outside yourself. The other thing that I wanted to offer uh, with, with respect to that idea of Gnosticism, and by the way, another way of understanding Gnosticism, if that word is too complicated uh, for some, think of the word wokeism. What is being woke? Uh, that is being used as a pejorative today uh, by some. Uh, it's the idea that your existence, who you are trumps your essence. The idea that your that the fact that you're alive can, and, and your mind can overcome the reality of your body, your essence, who you are as as a being. That idea is behind uh, the ideology of Wokism and that's why you see, all the side effects uh, of woke culture—it all traces back to basically uh, having a culture of self-invention. So where do we get? Where do we go from here? Well, think about it this way. Uh, I always try to make the analogy of uh, thinking uh, in terms of uh, society being like a wheel, with a center and many many spokes uh, and. Around the periphery of that wheel, we have individuals who are tethered and connected to a core, the center of the wheel. Now imagine that wheel becoming larger and larger and larger. The spokes get longer and longer and longer. So as the spokes get uh, longer, the edge of that spoke at the periphery of the rim of of the wheel become A, distant from each other, and B, distant from the center. So once you have a society where we're so far away from the center, what objectively uh, connects us together from from reality, in our case as Christians from from divinity, then you have the breakdown uh, of society. So there we are today with a culture of self-invention. Basically, my existence has trumped and has overcome my essence, and we have the alienation of the individual from anything divine, so therefore, we are able to even take our own lives. However, despite all those trends and intellectual currents that have affected us and have gotten us to this point, we still have that touch of God inside us. Uh, Reminds me of uh, what St. Augustine said, famously wrote in his Confessions uh, 4th century AD, where he said about God and about human beings, and I'm quoting from him, for thou hast made us for thyself, and our hearts are restless till they rest in thee. Basically, what Augustine is saying is that as human beings, despite the nihilism and the self-referential postmodern man, everyone inside of us has a touch of God, meaning that we are restless until we rest in him, our creator, whether you realize it or or not. Um, So therefore, where we are today, where we are today is uh, what I want to call the carnival of chaos and confusion. It's like a clown show, a circus. Reminds me when I was growing up. Once in a while, maybe once or twice a year, the circus will come in, in into town, and my mother will take us to the circus. And there, you would see a lot of weird folks. You would see the clowns. You would see people dressed up uh, and wearing crazy makeup, having uh, spokes on their on, on their feet so they can seem taller. But that was a, a once or, or twice a year, where. We were trying to play uh, a game uh, and we were going outside of the confines of our immediate rational uh, world, but we were trying to test the waters at the edge of that world. And in in a sense, we were having fun with a clown show, but now it seems that the self-referential self has supplanted uh, what is rational and what is objective in our world. We have reached that edge of the world And and that wheel of cohesion cohesion that I was talking about has broken down spiritually and mentally. So right now we're being faced with individuals that have absolutely no cohesive uh, connection uh, to the center of life and meaning and God. We're basically a clown show uh, that used to be a part-time event once, like I said, once or twice a year, but now it has returned and has overtaken everyday life Um, and now the circus has become the norm. And I'm not talking about folks who might want to dress differently from us or put makeup on their faces. I'm talking about um, what you would call the upside-down understanding of reality, uh, and everybody can define that reality according to ourselves. As Christians, we have a God-biblically-based understanding of the world as he has revealed himself to us. A God that is not in competition with our self or our nature. And that's where I want to go back to uh, Paul's writing in the Galatians, where uh, God has revealed himself to us, but he has not consumed us. He has made us a better version of, of ourselves. Uh, that reminds me of um, the ancient Greek gods, where when um, a, god, a, a, a god with a small g was coming into uh, amongst humans, he will consume them, only devastation and catastrophe. Uh, A nice little uh, mythological uh, anecdote here, when Zeus uh, fell in love with uh, a beautiful maiden uh, and he had fallen in love with many of them, according to ancient Greek mythology, Uh, he took the form of an eagle and he came down to earth from Mount Olympus and he seduced her But Zeus was married. He had a wife, a goddess called Ira. And when she found out that he was uh, uh, playing games with that uh, beautiful young maiden, uh, she tried to influence her so that she would ask Zeus to reveal himself to her. So that maiden did ask Zeus as to who you are. Can you disclose some of your divinity? But lo and behold, when Zeus did that, she was destroyed, she was consumed, and she became asses. So, in ancient Greek mythology, the ancient Greek gods, and that goes for other divinities in Egypt of ancient Mesopotamia. When God divinity was revealing themselves to humanity, humans will be destroyed. But the true God, the God of the Bible, when he reveals himself to us via scriptures, and via revelation or direct revelation in the case of Paul. When that happens, we're not consumed, we're not destroyed. We become deified. We become a better version of ourselves. And that's the difference uh, between uh, what the the Christian culture has to offer to us, what the God of the Bible offers to man in terms of objectivity, in terms of cohesion, in terms of rationality, versus the Gnosticism, the Wokism and the culture of uh, nihilism that offers death. Um, So I wanted to offer those thoughts uh, to you uh, so that you would see exactly in some sense how those trends have played themselves out. For those who are more interested, I do urge you, uh, there's a lot of resources out there, a lot of different publications. Uh, I love to read first things. Uh, which is a Christian uh, publication, as well as, as well as others. And there's a vast literature that talks about and traces uh, how we have come to this point today. Because what you see in culture today is not an accident. It didn't just happen the last 10, 15 years, as some people claim. You can trace those ideas all the way back uh, to the 60s, all the way back to the 17th century, all the way back to the beginning of modern era. Uh, So, uh, it's not an accident where we are, and you need to understand exactly how we've come to this place. And if we do not change course, what would happen is what happened in ancient Rome around the third, fourth century AD. Remember, nothing is new under the sun. The idea that we have idiosyncratic sexualities right now proclaiming themselves uh, all over, the, the breakdown of cohesion, that, that the spokes of the wheel that I spoke about that are coming apart, that also happened back in that era. People were experimenting with new uh, religions, were experimenting uh, with new ideas, they were experimenting uh, with new ways of expressing themselves, adopting customs from any pagan culture that was surrounding them. By they, I mean uh, the core Roman culture at the time. So what happened to that empire? Uh, that it fell uh, apart and destroyed themselves. So nothing, nothing lasts forever, and our modern society uh, is in danger right now of of destroying itself from within. And what I want to offer to you is: uh, uh, pick your interest, uh, uh, go 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 search uh, for those intellectual uh, trends. You will find them fascinating very uh, educational and it will help you uh, to form uh, responses to those who would uh, attack A. Christianity and B. Uh, your way of living. So what I want to offer to you is that we need to reclaim and proclaim the place of God uh, and, and, and worshiping Him in our churches. Bring back into our lives across the board and proclaim it across the board that we need to consecrate man again uh, by infusing our lives, our everyday living uh, at our professional uh, environments, at our sports, uh, everywhere, politics, infuse the idea um, that despite what uh, some philosophers from the 19th century, uh, like Nietzsche, used to say, God is not dead. Uh, God is alive. Uh, The resurrected Christ is there, we have an objective reality to look forward to, anchor our meaning, ourselves, and our future on what is real and what is true. Uh, And again, I remember uh, my most uh, uh, dear to my heart theologian and philosopher, uh, Thomas Aquinas, um, and I'm going to close with this when he says that the final end of the rational creature is the vision of the divine essence, what the ancient Greeks used to call theosis or the beatification, uh, man uh, approaching the divine via the revelation of God to us. That's the way that we will overcome the chaos, the confusion, the carnival of the chaos that we have right now in our society. That's how we're gonna be able to re-anchor ourselves, uh, reorient ourselves towards what's true, what's good, and what's beautiful. I hope uh, my almost uh, random, uh, semi-random thoughts uh, sparked uh, interest in in pursuing and digging deeper into these truths, uh, and we look forward to um, chatting uh, in the very, very near future. Take care, everybody, and God bless.